Are there any spirits around me right now who could tell me your name? Welcome one and all to the Spirit Side Podcast. I'm your host, Paul James Caden. And today on the show, we're going to talk about something a little bit different, but uh, still very much in the realm of the supernatural or even the paranormal, if you will. And it's probably uh, very obvious what that subject is going to be, uh, judging by the title of this particular podcast. We are going to be talking about the truth about hell. Now, hell is uh, an interesting concept, and there's a lot of people who are afraid of this place called hell. They're afraid of burning alive forever and ever in this fire that just never dies, never goes out. And, you know, it's interesting that even Christians who claim they are saved, they are covered by the blood of Jesus, they are in the church that they feel is the one true church that is essential for their salvation, and yet they are terrified of hell. And I think, by and large, this is because, I mean, this is a doctrine that's really been pushed on people, you know, mercilessly over, you know, many, you know, many decades, many, many centuries. And in the modern day, you can look on the internet and find scores of videos of people who say they died and went to hell, or they had a visitation by Jesus in the night who took them out of body and took them into the other world and or the underworld and gave them this tour of hell. And you hear all these, uh, you know, people in these videos saying they saw Christians in hell. They saw their former pastor in hell. They saw this Christian leader in hell, people that were supposed to be Christians burning and suffering and being tormented in hell. There's even one video, and I've, I've mentioned this in shows uh, in the past, where someone uh, said they saw Buddha burning in hell. Now, I don't remember uh, how it is that this person uh, claimed that they saw Buddha burning in hell. I, th- I think the story might have been that a Buddhist monk died and he saw Buddha burning in hell. And then when he came back to life, he converted to, to Christianity. Uh, for starters, I, I'm not sure that I would uh, believe that story, you know, because there's a lot of problems with, with this notion of seeing Buddha burning in hell. A, because sadly, and, and I hate to say this, I really do. Uh, you know, it's it, it makes my heart heavy to think that religious people would be 
this disingenuous, but I, I myself am a former evangelical and I know how these individuals make up stories, embellish the truth, the facts. Now, not all of them, I'm not saying all, you know, evangelicals do this sort of thing, but uh, there's, there's a lot of them that do. And it doesn't take a far search to see, you know, where some of these uh, televangelist evangelicals have people that are former Muslims telling the quote-unquote truth about Islam. And, you know, some of them died and saw Jesus and saw hell and then they converted. And then we come to find out that uh, this Muslim who converted to Christianity on this evangelical show um, was never a Muslim. It's with someone posing as a Muslim. Uh, you know, that, that kind of thing is, is, is just horrible to me. So, you know, if I have the story right in my mind, was this a Buddhist monk that died and saw Buddha in hell? Uh, that would certainly be up for debate. The next thing would be, you know, that the, I remember this individual who saw Buddha in hell asked why he was there. And he was told that because Buddha never followed the one true Lord, meaning Jesus. Now, again, there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of discrepancy in that statement. Uh, a, a lot of, uh, things that are, logically don't make sense and theologically don't make sense because a how could buddha follow jesus when uh, jesus was born 500 years after buddha how could buddha follow someone he'd never heard of who'd never even been on the earth at that point the next fallacy is buddha never traveled to the middle eastern countries uh, Israel, uh, you know, to, to come in contact with Judaism, you know, the, the religion that was the launching pad for Christianity had no idea, you know, about, uh, this religion. So how could he be being punished for something he had absolutely no clue about? Never even heard of that kind of thing doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And we're led to believe this idea that, well, if you don't know Jesus, then you're going to hell. Well, what about all the people before Jesus? Well, they're going to hell. You know, it, it it's, it's that cut and dry that it, it, it almost... It doesn't almost, it, it, it sounds cruel. You know, a God who would send people to this horrible place of burning, scorching, scalding torment forever. Who never heard of certain religions or religious figures. So that, that logically is a, is a big problem for me and for a lot of people. And it's this kind of thing, this kind of fear of hell 
that has caused people a lot of religious trauma. You know, I was talking to a friend just, uh, you know, the other week who, you know, is a Christian and he's terrified that he's going to hell because he reads all this stuff on the internet that people are saying you have to follow this law and call Jesus Yeshua, not Jesus. You have to practice the Sabbath, you know, observe the Sabbath on this day, not that day. You know, you have to keep, you know, the Torah and the law and you have to do this and you have to do that, you know. So he's absolutely terrified, you know, of, of going to hell and has religious trauma. Now I know what that's like because I myself had religious trauma in the past. And uh, it's, it's not fun. You know, but these are the kind of things we hear in Christianity, this concept of hell. We're terrified of going there. And we feel that we could go there on a whim. We're supposedly saved by grace, but yet there are Christians in hell. And uh, some of them were, were in there. I, I remember this one book that I read. I think it was called The Divine Revelation of Hell. And I think the, the author was uh, Meredith Baxter, I think it, it was. And she saw, you know, Jesus came to her and took her out of body and gave her a tour of hell. And she ended up seeing, uh, you know, a pastor, you know, this pastor that she knew in hell. And she said, oh, my gosh, what is Pastor so-and-so doing in hell? He was a good man. He saved many. many. And the answer was something like um, he was a little bit too proud of himself in life. You know, it was something really, really um, minor like that, that. You know, if you read this kind of book and you believe that kind of thing, you're like, oh, my God, there, there's no hope for me, you know. And this is why people are abandoning religion. This is why people are having religious trauma because uh, they feel that there's this man in the sky, this deity in the sky putting these demands on them that no human being can possibly, can possibly follow to the T. But yet they'll say we're, we're saved by grace. You know, we can't save ourselves. But yet there always seems to be this spiritual loophole that people are going to hell because they didn't follow the one true Lord who didn't come to earth until 500 years after them, or they were a little bit too proud of themselves, or this one smoked cigarettes and he wouldn't give them up, and this one listened to rock music, and, you know, this one drank a little bit too much alcohol. You know, he, he didn't do anything wrong when he was drunk, but, you know, on the weekends he liked to get a little tipsy, and there was the, you know, little loopholes. And this just sends people spiraling so ladies and gentlemen dear podcast listeners what is the truth about hell now i've talked about this several times uh in the past but i think it's something that bears repeating because i'm talking to more and more people in the work that i do spiritual counseling and spiritual advisor, that type of thing, that are 
having very anxious experiences because of religious trauma over this concept of hell. They feel they're going to hell for one reason or another. And uh, some of them are contemplating leaving, you know, Christianity because they just they just feel that it's too much. They'll never live up to the expectation of what God wants them to do. And that's very sad. So let's talk about hell. Let's, let's repeat what I've learned in the past and what religion doesn't tell us. Which again is sad because religious tells us, religion tells us what they want us to hear. And, and some people say, well, that's because, you know, the, those fear messages, you know, it, it helps to control the masses. It, uh, you know, pardon my French, French, it puts, you know, asses in the pews and money in the coffers, you know, money in the collection plate. And uh, sadly, uh, I think by and large that is true. Although in some cases we just have people who have been so over-indoctrinated with this stuff, they've never heard anything different. It's impossible for them to even believe anything different because they don't know it exists. And if you tell them it exists, they'll tell you, well, that's that's blasphemy. Uh, you know, that's a doctrine of Satan. You know, you're being deceived. But little do they know that there were three major teachings or beliefs about hell in early Christendom. Number one, the most popular belief was annihilism. That if a soul was that terrible, that bad, that evil, that it could not stand in the presence of God, that even if this soul were to go to heaven and it would wreak havoc, possibly cause another rebellion like the, the Lucifer rebellion, well, you know, someone who just rejects God, rejects goodness, rejects doing God's will, well, this soul would be annihilated. It would cease to exist. Everlasting destruction. And I'm not going to get into all of the verses of Scripture and theological uh, backdrop, uh, you know, of, of those who still teach and, and believe in annihilism. But the number one teaching of hell in early Christianity was annihilism. Annihilation of the soul, eternal destruction. You cease to exist. You don't suffer in flames. The second most popular belief about hell in early Christianity was that hell was not eternal. And, by the way, it was not a place of eternal fire. It was a place of mental, emotional, and spiritual anguish. As now you were separated from the presence of God, and you felt the burden and the heaviness and the sorrow of what you had done to deny yourself entering his presence. But there would be a time in hell that once you would 
realize you had to let go of these things. You wanted to purify yourself. You would be released from hell and given entrance into heaven. It was almost, it was almost like the Catholic purgatory of today. A suffering, a sorrow, a purification process, and then ultimate out, you know, release into the presence of God. The Catholics later made that concept purgatory and not hell. So hell was an eternal, eternal, you eventually got out and it was not physical torment being burned in flames. The third belief in hell in early Christianity was the burning in an eternal fire. But this belief was actually very much in the minority. Not many people believed in it. It was, uh, it was the least popular and least believed of the three. So it was greatly the minority belief that hell was eternal punishment and eternal flames. Now, it wasn't until, and I forget who it was. Uh, I, I had just looked this up. I want, I want to say it was Augustine, but I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. It was one of the doctors of the Catholic Church, one of the people in one of the councils when they were defining all the doctrines of Christianity, defining Christianity for everyone who's, you know, supposed to be a Christian. And they took this little, you know, minority belief of eternal flames and said, nope, this is the truth. You know, infallible counsel led by the Holy Spirit, whatever they thought they were, and they, they picked that one and said, nope, this is the truth about hell. It's not annihilation. It's not temporary suffering that is mental, phys uh, mental, psychological, emotional, and spiritual. It's eternal in hell, in fire. You know, I don't want to uh, say that there were probably some control factors in place, some fear factors in place to pick that particular uh, belief and make it the doctrine of the church. Um, but knowing the way some of these folks did things in, in some of these councils, uh, I wouldn't doubt it. But also, you know, the thing of it is that the Church of Rome really based a lot of their Christian doctrines on Roman paganism. You hear that thought a lot, and they will deny it. No, 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 they didn't do that. But it, it's true. Because the concept of suffering in hell and being tormented by demons in hell came from the concept of the pagan Roman underworld. And that belief carried over when Dante wrote, uh, you know, Dante's Inferno, the, the uh, divine comedy, and he explained the different 
levels of hell and there were people in there being uh, tortured by demons, which kind of came from this very early concept of hell married to, you know, Roman paganism of the underworld. And there here still we have the, today the belief that people go to hell and they're tormented not only in fire, but there are demons disemboweling them over and over and over again and eating them alive and eating their guts and chewing on their eyes and sawing off their arms. Now that's something, uh, again, based on old Roman paganism and mythology, as well as other pagan religions and, and Dante's Inferno, a work of fiction. But it doesn't make logical or theological sense. Because the Bible says that hell was created for the devil and his angels as a place of punishment. So why is the devil and his angels hanging out in their place of punishment, their eternal prison? Why are they hanging out there now in the flames that is meant to also torment them? But they're doing just fine while the souls of human beings burn and they laugh and cackle and disembowel them and eat them alive over and over and over and over and over again. That's a hard question for people to answer because it doesn't make any sense. So there's a lot of baggage attached to this idea of hell, eternal torment, burning forever in flames. And then we add to that people being tormented by demons. You know, and we see a lot of the modern day hell visitations, whether it's a near death experience or someone being taken on a out of body tour of the underworld by Jesus or an angel. You know, they all uh, describe, you know, these human souls being tortured by demons. So again, why are demons hanging out in hellfire that's meant to torment them forever and ever? And it's not affecting them. They're totally at home in their place of, will be their place of eternal punishment, eventually torturing humans. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't mesh. But yet we have these stories and it, it's, it scares you know, it scares the bejesus, you know, if I may use that old word, it scares the bejesus out of people. But if we really think about it and understand where some of these things came from, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So what do I believe about hell? What do I feel the truth is? I feel the truth is more in line with um, annihilism. But I've always had the thought that when we die, unless we're a really, really rotten, evil person who just down and out rejects God, hates God, we're just terrible, then when we die, we're just dead. It's, it's, it's a done deal. 
you know, the soul is immediately ceasing to exist. That person doesn't even see a glimpse of the afterlife. But for everybody else, the minor sinners, people of all religions, I believe we all will go to a certain level of heaven. And we will begin to learn there certain things and unlearn certain things that we learned in our earthly life. And at some point, we will have the choice whether we want to go on with God's eternal career and plan for us or whether we don't wish to go on. And there may be some people there who will just say, I don't want this. They, you know, they're on the fence about God and maybe they just decide, I don't like it. I don't want to be here. Then that soul will be annihilated. It will cease to be. These are thoughts I had years ago. No one told them to me. I never read them in the book, any book. The only place I found them later in life was in the religion of spiritualism. Although they don't teach annihilism, they, they teach there are hellish realms one may go to to, to purify themselves, but eventually uh, everyone ascends to the presence of God, you know, as, as they learn, as they grow, as they become pure spirits. But then there is the Urantia book that many of you uh, know that I read that teaches this idea that, uh, that eventually we may have a choice or make the choice for whatever reason that we are not going on in God's plan and we cease to be. Now, that's the only place I've ever read this thought that I had years ago. I, I, was, probably, I was probably in my late teens when I had uh, that concept of life and the afterlife. And uh, that, that was uh, one among many why I, I happened to uh, read and like the Arantia book because, you know, and, and some of you who have listened to my shows for a while have heard me say it. I had certain thoughts. I had certain beliefs. Never heard anybody talk about them. Never read it in any book. Never heard it anywhere. It was just in my mind. What if, what if, what if? You know, wouldn't it make more sense if? You know, doesn't it make more sense if? And then I discover this book later on in life and I read it and I go, holy cow, There, here's all these ideas I had. You know, years ago, some of in my teens that I thought about, some of my early 20s. So to me, that that's quite an amazing experience. And it, it brings back to me the early beliefs I had about certain things before religion got a hold of me and indoctrinated me, scared the crap out of me, you know. Um, and it, it was 
interesting to me that I happened to find and start reading the Arantia book when I was on the quest to get back to who I was, my personal relationship with God, not a relationship through the filter of some church or doctrine or denomination or pastor or group, my relationship with God. And so that's why I have uh, an appreciation uh, for that particular volume. But um, that's just filling in a little bit of uh, personal information of where I stand and why I stand uh, where I'm at. That's personally what I believe. You, me, all of us are going to have our opportunity to learn, to grow, to progress, to evolve in what uh, many call the, the kingdom of heaven. But we will have a choice if we decide not to go on. Or if we're on the fence about God and being a good person and decide we don't want God or to be a good person in the afterlife, that, that trait takes over then we will cease to be. But for all of us out there who are suffering religious trauma, we're afraid to go to hell, we have all, the, all these fears, but we really love God, we just want to be good people, we just want to be with God and the angels and our loved ones when this is all over on planet Earth, I don't think we have anything to worry about. I think we're going to have our opportunity to do just that, and I think many of us will do just fine because we're not evil people. We're not on the fence about it. We're not struggling to be good people. And when we get to the, you know, that first level of heaven or what the Arantia book calls Mansion World One, you know, we're not going to struggle to be good people there and finally say, you know, what? I still feel like killing people. You know, I can't, you know. That's not me. That's not most people listening to this podcast. We're good people. We're trying our best. And we will get our opportunity to go on in the afterlife. And uh, most of us are going to be just fine. Because the biggest thing a lot of people have to unlearn is their fear of God, their fear of hell, all these misunderstandings that religion has given us about God and about Jesus. And the funny thing about the Arantia book is that it says most of our time on, on Mansion World One will be spent on learning the many fallacies we've learned <laughs> in this life, most of which uh, you know, are about God. So we're learning, but we're also unlearning. And I think that unlearning is going to be a tremendous relief to a lot of people. It's going to be that big shoo moment. Thank God it's not that way. You know, I think there are going to be a lot of people that have that experience. And a lot of people are going to be shocked in a good way that it's not the way religion portrays it to us. 
But the sad thing is I, I, I could see some religious people getting to that first level of heaven and saying, no, this is all a deception. This is from the devil. I don't believe this. This is, you know, they're so indoctrinated they can't or they won't unlearn the untruths they've been taught about God and perhaps even forfeit their own soul because it's not the angry, vengeful, exclusive, egotistic, might I even say, version of heaven that they thought it would be. And, you know, we have to check ourselves at the door. Like I said in, in last week's podcast, what we do now, what we think now, what we believe now, I really feel, honestly, affects our afterlife. It will affect the choices we make there. It will affect, I think, a lot of things that we don't even comprehend. Which is why we have spirits walking around on the earth stuck here. That I would, Like I was talking about that last week. Which is another good question. If all these people who are not quite ready for or worthy of heaven are being thrown into hell like snowflakes I remember that one uh, Catholic saint I don't remember her name said she had the vision of hell and you know the the souls that were falling into hell were like you know snowflakes falling from the sky there were so many of them so if that were true then why are there so many of them here Now, that will make a body wonder, as they say. But folks, uh, once again, I really hope you got something out of this podcast this week. I appreciate you listening, and I hope if you're going through religious trauma that this will bring you a little bit of peace, uh, you know, some things to think about and start kind of building your own logical bridge to sanity and real faith coming out of the the arena of fear and condemnation and, you know, anxiety and all that, you know, horrible stuff that some of these, uh, some of these uh, religious ideas just burden us with. So I hope this has been a help to somebody out there. And if you know somebody that's going through religious trauma, maybe share this podcast with them and hopefully uh, maybe I, something I say here will be a help and a relief to them. So I appreciate you listening. Until next time, stay in love, stay in light, and I'll talk to you next time here on the Spirit Side. God bless.